This episode of That Song from That Movie is coming up after this. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. And you thought the Academy Awards was a long show? Our show is still talking about it and the music's already playing. But don't worry, we've got that and much more on today's episode of that song from that movie. www. I mean, it could be anything. Confused.com. <laughs> it's, the one on this list is zipit.com. Uh, I don't know. Uh, thank you for joining that song from that movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. I am your best makeup and hairstyling host, Dietrich, and today we're joined by the best animated short, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best animated short? There's some really good Pixar ones. Yeah, Bow. Bow's very good. Bow is a very good one, yeah. Um, that one with the umbrellas is pretty good. Yeah. Can't remember what it's called, like, Rain, maybe? <laughs> I think it's called Blue Umbrella. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. It's called something like that. And we're also joined by Best Picture, Ben. Oh, wow. Alex got the worst category and I got the best. Although, although am I Crash? <laughs> am I Crash or Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> yeah, he didn't say which Best Picture. <laughs> I was about the category in general. I was being nice to Ben this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, I know. This way, I see. I don't trust you, dude. That's how. I, <laughs> that's a really serious problem we have. I felt bad about <laughs> it last week when you mentioned it. Well, two <laughs> weeks ago now, when you mentioned it, because really the only reason why yours gets the slightly mean one is because the rule of three says that that should be the funnier one. Ah, uh, well, I am usually the funny one. So if I start introduce you first, Alex will get it. Uh, that's why they weren't so funny today. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. Do you move on? Okay, so once again, much like last week, I'm handing the reins of the podcast over to Ben. So the reins have been handed. You can't see that, but I'm doing it through the medium of audio. Yep, even though I live about 200 miles away. Is it about 200 miles away? I ain't got a clue. Anyway, so yeah, if you haven't already listened to episode one, please go and do that now, because we have already covered two of the five nominees for the best original song at this year's oscars so moving on to the third and definitely most important not saying it's the best but most important song losi so losi is a song written by the legendary diane warren diane warren (laughs) thank thank you (laughs) alongside laura Pasini, nicolo eliardi and performed by Pasini for the film The Life Ahead, which is on Netflix, so you have no excuse for not watching it. Let's see how that goes. So the film tells the story of an elderly former prostitute who takes in Momo, a young Senegalese boy, and attempts to guide him away from poor life choices while he also cares for her in her wavering years. I have seen this film, so I will talk to myself probably because the chances are Dietrich and Alex have not watched this. I have not seen this. (laughs) I watched Eurovision, didn't I? <laughs> Getting ever closer, Dave. Ever closer. 
Um, now, before we go into some facts about this film, I want you guys have listened to it. Now, this song is the the version that's nominated is the Italian original version. There are multiple language versions. There's a Spanish version. There's a Portuguese version. We mm. have listened to the English version. I think uh, at least Alex has. D, I don't know if you have. Yeah, I have. Yeah, great. What do you think of any of those versions? Give me something. <laughs> Give me something. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to all three versions. Um, I think my favourite version is the hybrid, the the cross Italian, cross English version. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I added something different to it. I feel like both of the other versions were kind of just like they just went on. Whereas, <laughs> whereas the middle version, like there was a change, I enjoyed the change up. It kept me interested. Because like it's not that it's not a nice song, but it there isn't loads going on with it. No, no. Sorry, Diane. I do I do think that the many many <gasps> covered songs we've covered previously were better candidates. I don't think this has got much of a chance of winning. <gasps> mm-hmm. Famous last words, but well, it actually might be Alex because this won the Golden Globe. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> yeah. D. I've I've only listened to two versions. An all Italian version and the all English version. No hybrids here. The Portuguese version. No, I'm not that. No, I thought the Italian version was honestly. I thought it was like haunting almost, and it gave me goosebumps. On I was shocked, and Alex just said then that it was like <laughs> okay. Like I thought it was like just like an all round beautiful song, and I mean I don't, obviously I don't speak Italian. I had no idea what she was <gasps> talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Ben. This is a shock. You. I do not speak Italian. I didn't need to know it because everything came through in the emotion of like how it was being sang. It was all mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and it struck a chord with me. Yeah. Not so much with the English version though. I think it sort of almost took a bit of mystery away from it and it uh, felt like a bit of a downgrade. The English version, I would go as far as to say, sounded like the the mo- the song that would be written for the end of a Hannah Montana reunion movie. <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> Like it's emotional. It 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 has sort of like a general theme that anyone can relate to. So great for Disney, but it doesn't quite get there the same way that the Italian version does. Maybe Italian Hannah Montana might have a better song. Hmm. I don't know what what would an Italian Mo- Han- Hannah Montana be like. Um, Montini. <laughs> yeah, Milanese. Well, I no, you can't have your Hini Montini. Doesn't really work. So yeah, Hini <laughs> Montini. <laughs> It's just terrible. But yeah, I really like the Italian version, but the English (laughs) version is a bit of a downgrade. I I agree with you. Wiping the tears from my eyes. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, It took a bit of the mystery away from it for me. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, obviously I I can't speak a word of Italian. It it works well with the film as well. The film I, I really enjoyed. It's incredibly sad. After watching the film, it encouraged Laura Pacini to get involved in it. I think she likes the sort of message about this, like cultural diversity and really sort of um, how that doesn't matter. Also, social diversity, which is a big thing in the film, is, involves a lot of sort of kind of close knit communities that maybe might not have the best of had the best of lives or the best career choices or best life choices, yet still doesn't make them a bad person, which I think is really good. I do agree with Alex. It's not. A, I wouldn't say it's a Diane Warren classic, but I, she needs at least a career Oscar. <laughs> I think this is the fourth year in a row she's been nominated. 
And she's been nominated like twenty times. Well, I, I, yeah, I think I don't know how many. I think it's, it's, I think it's, like, it's, like, I think it's like, yeah, I think it's twelve. I think it's the twelfth nomination. Yeah, I think it's something like that. And yeah, which is a scandal, a scandal, absolute scandal. She deserves to be just for being nominated that many times, really. Yeah, she yeah she does. Well, I mean that's happened with other people in certain other categories. You know, you just eventually it just comes, your time comes up. Yeah, Leo. Yeah, <laughs> but as we just said before, this song won the best original song at the Golden Globes. Now we know it doesn't necessarily translate, but according to the bookies, this is the favourite alongside a song that we've not yet mentioned. So maybe this could be it. It's won a lot of other awards, like it won the Hollywood Music Awards, it won the Satellite Award. So is this going to be Diane's year? Diane, let us know. Fingers crossed. Even though I don't love the song, I really wanted to win for Diane. So do I. And right now, D, we will include a bit from future Ben, because this episode is going out after the Oscars, who will tell us if we were right. Hi guys, future Ben here. Unfortunately, Diane Warren's wait for an Oscar continues evermore. This year, the award for Best Original Song was won by her for the song Fight For You. Um, Probably quite a surprising winner, but given her response afterwards and you can hear her in interviews talking about how this is a seminal and timely award it's probably the right thing uh, and a good message to send out to people at the moment plus d you'd like to know she's halfway to an ego thanks future ben oh wow <laughs> what, what a result <laughs> i can't <laughs> I believe was not expecting moonlight that. won again <laughs> <laughs> Why was the card still left on the table all this time? <laughs> I mean, I'm still impressed by the uh, the control of that cameraman to keep it steady. That's an incredible piece of like that. That should have won an Oscar for like best cinematography or something. Mm. I don't know actually know what award it would be under. Also, uh, <laughs> best production yeah. design. There you go. Ryan Gosling should have won for best performance just for his reaction. <laughs> I just love the. Is it? I presume it's one of the producers for uh, La La Land, the one who like says Moonlight. It's Moonlight. Yeah, yeah. It gets really but angry. it's just like, yeah, get up yeah, here. It's like, but it's like, it's kind of like I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm also mentally pissed off about <laughs> yeah. the situation. <laughs> You've won. Get up here. Get up here You're my good friends. My good friends from Moonlight. They've won. But also seething. <laughs> Absolutely seething. <laughs> So this is the first song sung in Italian to be nominated for this award. Ooh. That can't be true. Obviously, the Icelandic one was pretty obvious, but it feels like it should have been Italian songs previously. Maybe there was, but I'm pretty sure, according to facts I found from the internet, so if the internet's wrong, then where do we even stand anymore? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any examples to give, but it just feels like there should have been one. So just throwing a few facts at you before we move on. Mm-hmm. Warren initially wrote the lyrics in English, so the English version is Warren's lyrics, and then Pussini and uh, Nicolo Aliadi got involved to write the Italian version, and apparently they did it, She well, she performed it in her own home studio, because apparently Laura Pussini is a massive deal in Italy. Obviously, we've never really heard her. I think she's had one English album, which didn't do very well. But she's been around since like the early 90s. She sold millions and millions of records in Italy and various other places in Europe. She's had multiple number ones around Europe. Uh, she's clearly a big deal on home soil. And yeah, she just performed this in her home studio. So someone's doing well. Very nice. Yeah, I could do one of those for this podcast. 
So yeah, maybe this is a Korea thing. She's still trying to break that English market, although it's an Italian song. So what do I know? Does she sing the English version? Yes, she does. She sings all versions. Um, right. She's had like she's oh, had wow. songs in Spanish and like number ones in Spanish, and I think she's had maybe a Spanish album. So yeah, she's clearly you know a very talented performer. It, she's just never broken into English audiences. Um, so at least this might give her a bit of recognition what for what clearly you know is i think a very good song and the, and the film ben is not is not nominated for best picture is it it's not no no but it's it's worth checking out it might be in the best foreign film category uh, okay. um but yeah i've not checked i would definitely watch it though and that goes to you listeners too not just these two it is not it's not nominated <laughs> well then what do i know maybe the film was just made for diane warren <laughs> The film doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, the film. (laughs) Well, it's a very, it's a short film. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you'll get when you include one. Apply today to become a member and be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, and make sure to tell them that that song from that movie sent you. Okay, so the fourth song we will cover is Speak Now, which is a song for the film One Night in Miami written by Sam Ashworth and Leslie Odom Jr., legend, and performed by Odom Jr. himself. The film is a fictional retelling of a real-life meetup between Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke in February 1964, of which Leslie Odom Jr. plays Sam Cooke himself in the film. The song, again, features in the title cards. I think, other than Husvik, I think every song nominated is over the title cards. It's not in the film. Does that make Husevik better? No, it does yes. not. No, it does yeah. not. <laughs> um, okay, so I've seen this film. It's on Amazon Prime in the UK. Go and watch it. It's a very good film. Alex, what do you think of this song, given that it is by your idol? I've just put so good. What <laughs> a voice. What a tone. The man Christ. is vocal deity. <laughs> vocal deity. <laughs> wow. I only had to hear the first bar, and I, I was like, this is this is the one. This this song will win the win the award. Do you think I don't care what the odds are, it's gonna win. <laughs> okay. Uh future Ben, put in a piece here to make Alex feel a fool. Did we really need a piece from future me to know that Alex is a fool? Of course not. Damn. <laughs> I mean I've got to agree with future Ben here. Ah, it's just the cheek cheek. Seriously though, like what are you talking about, Alex? <gasps> This is awful. It's elevator music. It's like an album track. There is no reason for this song to be nominated at all. It's rubbish. Oh, D. You're so far off the mark with this one. We we, we were such on a level with Husevik. I thought, you know, me and D are reconciled after that uh, Faith Hill debacle. Future Ben's going to make you feel a fool, D. (laughs) He probably will because I looked at the odds myself. Yeah, the odds, yeah, because this is... Is this the favourite? This is the favourite. This is the current favourite. Of course it is. This and low C because obviously it won. And I had to like put my phone down when I saw that. I couldn't believe it that of the. I know we haven't talked about all of them yet, but this is by far the worst <gasps> of these five. Oh no, 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 no! See, my my sound went so high on the recording, it didn't even pick it up. <laughs> Was it the uh, the note from Eurovision? <laughs> <Yeah>. Spear, <no. laughs>
I'm surprised. I am. I am shocked to hear you say that. Because I was just vibing. Yeah. To, I was literally vibing to this song when it came on. When I was <laughs> How could you it. vibe to it? There's nothing oh. that you vibe to elevator music. What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> the girl from Ipanema goes walking. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know what you're listening to. Today. I don't know. What you're it does hearing. sound like this song. Vocal. I don't use the words vocal deity lightly. Lightly. <laughs> There's no hook. There's no actual musical progression of the song. It is literally just, it starts, and that's it's just a boring reclip of a song over and over again for, I don't know how long it was, three minutes. The vocals are just a guy singing. There's, no, there's nothing Whoa. behind it. Insult the song all you want, but don't you dare insult my man. <laughs> don't you dare say anything like that about this I mean, I can't say I've heard his other stuff when he's in Hamilton, but... This does not make me want to watch Hamilton. Yeah, he is Aaron Burr, open brackets, sir. Close brackets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't like him, do you, you see a lot of him in Hamilton. <laughs> it's quite a pivotal character. Is this better than Hamilton? No. Um, no, I want to say Oh, well, there you go. There you go. You, yeah, you're speaking about a Tony Award winner here, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I realise what I said there. That's not going <laughs> to change you. Everyone's entitled to opi- their own opinion. Regardless of how wrong it is, yes. Now, <laughs> I I like this song. Maybe I, I I don't. Maybe I don't love it, but I do like it. I think it's very. It is quite soft. I I see what you mean by elevator music, but I actually quite like it. The only thing, when I listen to it in isolation, like just on YouTube, I really like it, and I can kind of get into it. Now, where it comes in the film, it comes in the credits. It's a slight spoiler for the film, but Leslie Odom Jr. plays Sam Cooke. Now, throughout the film there's kind of this confrontation between Sam Cooke and Malcolm X. Malcolm X saying that Sam Cooke sings white people music and that he sings music to just kind of get by, do well, not like actually music that is really powerful for his community. And there's a big thing about Bob Dylan's song, Blowing in the Wind, is a captures the spirit of the black community more than any song by Sam Cooke. And there's kind of this, like, almost this feeling of, I need to do a song for my people, a song for the black community. And at the end, he performs Change Is Gonna Come, which I think is supposed to be that. And I don't know if you're aware, if you know Sam Cooke very well, but you'll probably know that song. Maybe not from the name of it. Um, But if you went on YouTube and played it, you'll recognise it. And that's such a powerful, amazing song. And it just kind of like really blows you out. And uh, Leslie Odom performs it at the end of the film. And it's incredible. And then it goes into speak now and it does feel a bit flat <laughs> because it goes from this because it is <laughs> well yeah by comparison and that's why i didn't it didn't catch it listening to it again alone i really like it but yeah it i just don't think i don't like where it fits in the in the film which is which is an important thing i mean because like me and team haven't seen it which I, and i think that that is an important thing to to note about the fact that this is about a song in a film isn't it and if it's not utilized in 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 a way that Compliments the film, then I think it should definitely receive negative marks. But I yeah. have no, I can't comment on that, <laughs> and I, I won't that, comment on that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the thing of like, what is the point of a title track? Um, is it, you know, if it's not used in the film, is it just to kind of, is it for marketing purposes? Is it for advertisement? Is it to kind of, you know, capture the spirit of a film in three minutes as you're walking out? You know, if you think of it being in a cinema, what is the point of it? Good question. It's a great question <laughs> that no one has an answer for. Well, I think, I, like you said, the only one of these films actually features a song really within the film. 
and I know you will have it, Ben, that that will, uh, should not win the award. But I think that obviously Husevik is a very pivotal part of that film and is actually probably yes. the standout moment yeah. of that film. Definitely. Um, and I think like what I was saying when we were talking about the Her song uh, from Juice and the Black Messiah was that I didn't feel like it felt like an Oscar song. And I guess part of what I meant by that was that films have these songs that are in some way linked to the film to try and promote it or to give it extra exposure. And often actually those seem to be the ones that do well. And I do think that this one did feel a bit like that. I don't think it felt as much like that as the last song, which we'll discuss, which I think is kind of the most Oscar-y of the Oscar songs that are nominated this year. Mm-hmm. But yep. what I quite liked about this one, on a more serious note, was that it was a bit more stripped back and subdued. It wasn't like going for just like that sort of like powerful way really trying to emote like the sense of the film. It kind of, I don't know, I just, I just kind of liked the vibe of it. And I, and I like Leslie Adam Jr., so I think that that kind of probably <laughs> skews probably my does. opinion of it. I also think that will help him well in the actual awards. Well, and this is this is the other thing, isn't it, as well? Like, if you look back at a lot of the winners, they usually are names. Like, you know, I'm thinking of, like, Lady Gaga, obviously, The Shallow, and uh, John Legend, I think, is an example, which yeah, is kind yeah. of similar to a few... The song from uh, Selma, it's kind of similar to a few of the songs nominated this year i think maybe the last one the celeste song again it's quite similar uh yes yes yeah uh, glory wasn't it yeah glory that was it so yeah i think it's a very good point ben it's like what is the point of a an original song in terms of like what what is the use of it and i think it does differ from film to film Mm. when i sort of read about the creation of these songs and when i was reading about um this song leslie odom jr was asked to write four songs for the film and the director said they would pick the favorite. Now I feel like if you're writing four, and Leslie Odom Jr. also said this, like, why? Why am I writing four? <laughs> and he's he's already said he's going to put the other two away. Apparently, D, one of these was sort of like a pumping sort of like party anthem, <laughs> which would have not worked in the film, but maybe would have worked for you. Well, I wasn't looking for like a, a dance track. <laughs> well, it but something is. had a clearly bit is. of anything to it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you think the category is missing a bit of an up tempo number though? Yeah, it's missing a bit. It's missing, yeah. missing a bit of special D. Um... <laughs> special D. <laughs> bit of scooter. <laughs> That's what we. Yeah, a bit of an. Imagine, imagine an MC at the, <laughs> on the on the stage at the Oscars. <laughs> Good morning. Where are my Oscars people at? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, he said when he was writing it, he kept in mind like the message of the film. He was thinking, looking at sort of, he was watching speeches by Malcolm X and trying to. He wanted a song that addressed civil rights issues for the modern generation. You know, it's about speak now. It's about don't shy away and hide, you know, come together, have a voice, feel empowered to share it. I would say that Fight For You does that better, though. Yeah, I would also say, I would five. also say that. But I think, in a way, four of these songs, again, not Husevik, has that element of it. And I think that's incredibly topical. I think it's incredibly important, especially with everything going on at the moment, at the moment whether that's, you know, commentary on just society in general, on race, on social class, on an amalgam of various different and difficult topics. And I think that's quite good to have more than just a song. I think sometimes when it's just over a title card, I'm like, what What are you trying to do? Because it's like you want that, you want this big number that really matters and means, but then you're just throwing it into the end of a song that no one's really going to listen to, especially in a Netflix age where it's, the credits kind of shrink down into the corner and you're already told to turn on an episode of Ozark. <laughs> it is always Ozark. <laughs> it's always Ozark. 
But hey, that's my two penneth. So the fifth and final song nominated is Hear My Voice. So this is performed by Celeste with music by Daniel Pemberton and lyrics by the two of them together. So again, this song features over the title cards of the movie The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is on Netflix, so you've got no excuse for not watching it. This is a film about seven men charged by the federal government with conspiracy following an anti-Vietnam protest in the city of Chicago. It's a pretty good film. Don't think it should win in anything at the Oscars. It's a bit long. What are your thoughts on the song, guys? I don't have anything per se against the song, but it did just wash... Maybe in the similar way to how the last one did with D, it kind of just washed over me, this one. I felt like I got nothing from it, and it felt very like pointedly like this is a song written for an Oscar, for a film that's written for an Oscar. I sort of nothing there. Maybe it's because I listened mm. to this one last. I don't know. But uh, Interestingly, it, I listened to Speak Now last. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe this is the, the crux of the issue. But I felt, I felt like by the time I got uh, to the end of it, I was like, mm. I, I felt something with the other four. I felt nothing with this one. I think that's the simplest way I can put it. I completely agree with you, Alex. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Like, Celeste... And this is where I go, I'm 30 years old and I know who she is, sort of thing. <laughs> As in, I saw her on the Brit Awards a yes. few years ago and yeah. thought, she's got a nice voice. Sort of Amy Winehouse-ish kind Definitely. of crackles in the voice sort of thing. It is like an Oscar bait song, if Oscar bait extends to this category as well. Um, there was like an element of it that was a little bit annoying because she can do more with her voice and they just gave her something which she couldn't really do anything with, which is weird because she was one of the writers. You'd think she <laughs> yeah. would give herself more to do, but um, I think it still gets the message that he's trying to get across and it, it sort of still fits what I un- understand the movie to be mm. from, from watching the trailer and hearing Eddie Redmayne's awful American accent. I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. He's done, he does a work, worse accident, accident. He does a worse accent in Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> <laughs> If that's an accent. <laughs> but at least that film's over the top and stupid and crap. So it fits the film. I thought you were going to say it was good then and I was about to. Oh god no, it's awful. Yes it is. <gasps> Bring me! He speaks like this. It's like he's got like uh, some sort of like throat cancer. He's on yeah, he sounds like Aunt May in the first Spider-Man movie when she's like, Deliver us! <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem with this song is we've already run out of things to say because there isn't much to it. Yeah. It's not bland in the sort of sense that there's nothing there to talk about. It's bland in the sense that We've talked about everything that it gives. Yeah. I think it's also in the sense of a comparison. If you're just listening to that song, you think, oh yeah, that's nice. But when we're looking at it in a sense of a competition and we're comparing it to four other songs that I agree are better, then you start to realise, yeah, maybe it's not that much. Maybe there's not all that. There's something missing or it's not got that like special um for anything like maybe the other songs have. I think that it's not a bad song. It's just bad when compared to others yeah it's just a bit bland (laughs) but ellen john's apparently a big fan of this song do you like that fact (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's a fact because i've got loads less well i assume it's a fact (laughs) it is yeah it is he is actually yeah he's a big fan of this song he was also a big fan of the film i don't know why elton john was asked about this song (laughs) or film no idea but apparently he thinks this song is brilliant but yeah, Celeste is quite a big deal over here. I mean, she topped the BBC Sound Poll in 2019. She won the Brits Rising Star Award. D, that comparison to Amy Winehouse is very common. 
It's very easy as well. It is very easy. I feel, I feel almost embarrassed saying it. Yeah. Like an old man trying to sound cool. <laughs> At the same time, though, I like when I listen to someone and think, oh, that sounds like, you know, that person. And then I read like professional critics say, and I'm like, ha ha, I was right. <laughs> Patting myself on the back. Yeah, she's been nominated for Album of the Year, Best Female Solo Artist, Best New Artist. I think she gets a lot of plaudits for her, just how, like, her style. Like, she's very sort of 60s chic. She really stands out in her look. And apparently is a lovely person. But yeah, Daniel Pemberton, who did the soundtrack for The Trial of the Chicago 7, he contacted her via text, I think it was over WhatsApp, and said, like, oh, you know, are you interested in doing this, uh, a song for this film? She said yes, and he told her what the name of the song had to be, which I find quite weird. I don't know if that's common, but he said the song had to be called Hear My Voice. Is it a line in the film? That's all I'm going to do. Well, it's not, there's a lot of words in that film. It's an Aaron Sorkin <laughs> screenplay, and if you know anything about Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> the man loves words. <laughs> all those words will be in there somewhere, as, <laughs> along with the rest of the dictionary. Yeah, well, yeah. all the letters, yeah, yeah. You know, compared to like the likes of Laura Pasini, who had her own home studio and recorded various different languages of this song, apparently Celeste, her original versions of this song were just done singing through the voice recording software on WhatsApp. So <laughs> if that's the final version we've got in the film, who knows what she sounds like with actual recording equipment. Yeah, I mean, one thing you can certainly say about the song is like, she does have an amazing voice, and I think, like you said, too, that's almost the disappointing thing about it—that it goes nowhere with it. It sort of doesn't. It just—it's just very flat. <laughs> it's very soft. It's a song. It's a song. But again, you know, the themes—same themes as a lot of other songs. You know, it's, it is a protest-heavy song, which, yeah, is what seems to be the theme of the year. Um, again, if who's recording? <laughs> There'll, there'll be a few articles written on, like, Variety magazine. <laughs> so, we've got all five out in the open. All five songs, all five nominees. Probably nowhere we've been hinting at, but, guys, what do you think is going to win and what should win? Alex? Um, ooh, this is difficult for me. It's a, it's a, it's a trial of three songs, really. Um... <laughs> it wasn't even low-hanging fruit you're just pulling branches <laughs> yeah trial three songs that wasn't an intentional joke about the fire was it no it wasn't it just uh... i'm glad i'm glad alex because if that was written down so obviously i want diane warren to win I, I it wasn't one of my favorite songs i'd probably put it in the middle somewhere but i just feel like she she deserves a win <laughs> i think the leslie odom jr song will win I think when I heard them all, I thought that's the one that's going to win, regardless of what D has said about it. I wouldn't. I, I. I think I did over exaggerate how much I liked it. I think better. I think it was better than the Celeste one. I think probably wasn't as good a song as the Her one, but I think it's more in line with what would normally win an Oscar. So I think for that reason, it probably will win. Um, but I think the actual best song. <laughs> It's who's the pick, and 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 I can't I can't get away from it because it's the one it's the one that gets me when I listen to it. I mean, it's probably because I've listened to it like a hundred times since I watched the film. But yeah, for me, that's the best. That is the best song. So I'm giving you three answers there. Yeah, again, for me, who's the pick is the best song in terms of just an actual song. (laughs) But I do take Ben's point of 
it maybe not being quite the right time for this song to win. <laughs> well, it's the right time for it to win. I, I assume, because I will never bet against the bookies, that Speak Now is going to win that Oscar. Crazily. But, uh, yeah, who's it for the win? We might as well <laughs> just re- just go into that song from that Eurovision, because, you know... <laughs> oh, dear. I think Fight For You is the best song. I don't think it's going to win. It would be a weird Oscar-winning song. Although, like I said at the start of our last episode, it's <laughs> there have been weirder songs to win, such as It's Hard Out Here For A Pimp. So, it wouldn't be completely unknown. I think Low C will win based on the Golden Globe and how it's winning across various sort of award shows in Hollywood, which again, it's it would be a career Oscar, but I will be incredible. That's probably going to be the first thing that I sort of really look at uh, if I fall asleep during the Oscars, which I always do. <laughs> so that brings an end to another episode of that song from that movie. Why not tell us on Twitter which one your favourite song was? Ben, what is our Twitter handle? At TSFTMPod. You can help out the podcast by sharing this on a random subreddit. Alex, what random subreddit should they pick this week? Um, the um, Welcome to Iceland subreddit. Good, good pick. Other ways you can help out the podcast is on Patreon, buying merch, and by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. All the links are on our social media, so you can check that out. All that's left now is to do some goodbyes, so it's goodbye from myself, goodbye, and goodbye from Alex. I mean, a song that features the word seagulls has got to win, hasn't it? <laughs> and goodbye from Ben. Comedians at the Oscars are the saddest people of all. So, goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Yeah, Ben, your audio just kept cutting out. It's similar to what happened to Alex last week on the Toy Story episode where we had to cut his really good point. I was listening to the episode thinking, I wonder where my really eloquent point is coming. And then I was like, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, Alex, I think <laughs> that was time. the best point you've ever made in the entire of this podcast, and I'm not even lying. <laughs> yeah, same. And no one will ever hear it. No, nope. <laughs> okay. it was just for me and Ben. It was just for you guys. <laughs>